we're not going to hold you long, but I do want you to know that we just finished church in North Carolina coming here. <laughs> so, amen. My time is all messed up. Amen. So, this would normally be our lunch break. We be normally would be getting ready to travel, amen, from Fayetteville, North Carolina, to Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where my home where my wife's home is, where we have an extension work that we're working on. And uh, so, amen. At this time, we would normally be eating or something and driving or talking or something, right? Or just get ready to leave the office. So, amen. But if you would, I want to go to two portions of Scripture right together in the book of Acts, chapter number 3. And let's start reading at verse number one, where the Bible says here. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Amen. Let's come over to chapter number four and let's begin reading at verse five. The Bible says, And it came to pass on the morrow, that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and as many were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, You rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it made known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, 
even by him do this man stand before you whole. And then he concluded it in verse 12. He said, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Amen. Now I want to pull my text today from verse 7. When in chapter 4, when they set them in the midst and said, By what power or by what name have you done this? And by the help of the Lord, I want to preach to us on this thought. When the power and the name are one and the same. Hakartum. Oh, come on, somebody. I say when the power and the name are one and the same. Oh, come on, hello. Come on, somebody. Let's lift up our hands one more time and magnify this Jesus. Wow, somebody can type real fast back there. Come on, Holy Ghost. We love you, God. 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 Come on, Lord. We thank you so very much for all that you're doing, all that has been done already. We thank you for the word of the Lord that these young people, hallelujah, spoke to us today. We thank you for the spirit of worship that's in this house today. We thank you for the people of God. We thank you for every guest. We thank you for every visitor in the house of the Lord today. We give you the glory right now, Lord. And we want you to sing your anointing today in Jesus. Jesus name amen and amen come on y'all let's praise him one more time as we're being seated now I want you to know from the very beginning the outset of this message this morning I want you to understand that the idea behind the question by what power and by what name have you done this? I want you to know the idea behind that question are virtually the same. Because in the minds of these religious leaders, they understood, and, and I want you to understand, they fully understood that the power of any individual always resided in the name of that individual. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Come on, help me, Holy Ghost. Because you see, in those days, a name always represented the character and the nature of the person. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So when they asked Peter and John, by what power or by what name have you done this, they understood that an extraordinary demonstration of power no doubt represented an extraordinary wonderful name. Come on, Holy Ghost. Come on, that's right, y'all. They understood there's got to be a powerful name for a great demonstration of power that we're having to deal with here. 
Now you may say, Pastor Blandon, why is this important? I tell you why. Because the reality is this. It is impossible to separate God from his name. Because his name is what gives him his identity. And his name is what activates his power. Oh, come on, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. What are you trying to say to us today? I'm saying I am fully convinced today that if we're going to see the power of God activated in the church, then we can't be content with just speaking the name of Jesus. But we must be intentionally experiencing the name of Jesus through intimate relationship. I'm telling you, it's not enough to just say the name of Jesus. You got to have a relationship with the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. What are you saying to us today? I'm telling you, when you receive Christ for yourself, you become one with him. And when we become one with him, we become one with his lovely name. Come on, Holy Ghost. And I'm here to preach to somebody today that when we have an intimate relationship with the name of Jesus, we take on the same power and authenticity and ministry and manifestation that Jesus himself demonstrated. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So let's talk about this for a minute here. So I just take off my jacket, Elder. Hallelujah. Amen. Now let's walk through this situation here. Amen. That brought Peter before this religious council. Because the Bible says that Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. Let me just interject this here. Listen church, don't take lightly the prayer meeting. Come on, Holy Ghost. Don't take lightly the priority of prayer in the church. Come on, Holy Ghost. I know it's all right to show up at all other kind of activities, but make sure you put the prayer meeting on the top of your list. Because I'm telling you, when God's people start putting prayer as their priority, we're positioning ourselves for the power of God to be demonstrated. And the Bible says that there was a certain man that was lame from his mother's womb, whom they carried daily at the gate of the temple, which was called beautiful. And he would ask people of alms as they entered into the temple. Now, I don't know how long they was carrying this man. We know for almost 40 years, glory to God, he was lame. How long they start taking him to the temple, I can't tell you. But I want you to understand something that day in and day out he was expecting to go to that temple unchanged come on Holy Ghost he was expecting every time that he got there that he was just going to go through the process of begging people all day until they came and picked him up he wasn't expecting nothing else to happen oh come on Holy Ghost but you know the terrible thing about this was that day in and day out that there was those that was carrying him to the gate that was expecting him to be unchanged chain. 
Oh, come on, Holy Ghost. So he wasn't expecting no change, and they weren't expecting no change. They were content with religion. Come on, Holy Ghost. They were content with going through the motions. They were content with the status quo. They were content with things remaining unchanged. Oh, woe unto us today if we come to the house of God expecting to come in one way and not expecting to go out another way. Woe unto us if we come in here acting like hallelujah. Everything was going to be like it has always been. Oh, come on somebody. At some point, we got to believe that something is about to happen in the house of God. Something is about to change. Something is about to move. Somebody is getting ready to get the Holy Ghost. Somebody is getting ready to get healed. Somebody get ready to get prophesied to. So while they were content with things remaining the same, Peter was not content. <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. While Peter wasn't content, because see, Peter knew that he had destiny-altering power placed on the inside of him. He knew that he was acquainted with a name that they would ultimately change the destinies of men and women and boys and girls all over the world. Come on, Holy Ghost. That's why when the man came to him, Peter said, look on us. Hallelujah. Don't look on the beautiful gate of the temple. Look on us. Because he realized that the power of God that was activated through this one name was designed to be activated through his body and not through the physical structure of the temple. Well, what are you trying to say to us here? Hallelujah. When they came to Peter, Peter said, silver and gold have I none but such as I have. Come on, did you catch it? Such as I have. You see, Peter didn't just speak the name of Jesus, but Peter had a bona fide relationship with the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. You see, to Peter, the name of Jesus was a treasured revelation that was divinely designed for demonstration and manifestation and not just for proclamation. Come on, y'all. Peter wasn't just proclaiming the name. He had a relationship with that name that says something need to be demonstrated. Something need to be manifested. Uh-huh. Is this okay so far? Can we really go somewhere? Because see, Peter also understood that the fullness of the Godhead that resided in the body of Jesus when he walked on the face of the earth was the same fullness of the Godhead that was now abiding in him as he walked on the face of the earth just like his predecessor Jesus. So when Peter said to the lame man, such as I have, give I thee, Peter understood that I have something in my possession that I have become one with. 
He said, I have it. He said, it's mine. And because it's mine, I can transmit it to you. Oh, come on, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, Peter was telling him, all you got to do is believe in it. All you got to do is become one with it. All you got to do is become intimate with it. And he will generously reveal himself to you. But because when we become one with the name of Jesus, he invites us to join him in the abundant flow of the supernatural operation of God. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So Peter understood this. He didn't just believe in the name of Jesus, but he believed that he had within his possession the power of the name of Jesus that he had boldly proclaimed. Peter became one with the name. He intertwined with the name. He became inseparable with the name. He became unashamedly identified with the name. The name of Jesus was something that now belonged to him oh come on Holy Ghost and he said I can give it to you if you want it come on he said silver and gold I don't have possession of that but I do got possession of a name and it's mine and I own it and because it's mine and I own it I can give it to he said in the name of Jesus rise up and walk hallelujah took the man by the hand and the man ankle bones received strength and they began to leap and praise God uh, come on somebody what are you saying to us Pastor Planner? it's time for us as the people of God to recognize that we have in our possession a name that we can transmit we got ultra working ultra destiny power inside of us destiny altering power we can change the direction of lives oh come on Holy Ghost that we come in contact with I remember one time, a little while ago, I was teaching an anger management class in our annex building at our church. And while I was teaching this class, I had about five or six students in there. A man was walking across our parking lot. It was hot. It was sweaty. And he was on his way to go rob somebody glory to God to go get some drugs but something told him to stop in that room where we was and he bust through the door didn't say anything to nobody and just looked me in the eye in front of everybody and said can your God save me he said I'm on my way to go do some dirt and if your God can't save me, oh y'all are hearing me now if your God can't save me I'm going to be in jail by the night's end and my family is going to fall apart Come on, he said this in front of the whole class I said man I'll be through with this class in about 30 minutes if you can come back I'll be glad to talk to you he said I'll be back
And he came back with his fiancée. And he came back with his children. And they came back to the place where I was. The students had already left. Matter of fact, they came back before the students had left. Amen. And when they came through the door, he told the daughter, he said, tell the pastor what's going on with you. She started crying. Told the son, tell the pastor what's going on with you. He started crying. Told the fiancée, tell the pastor what's going on. She started crying. He said, let me tell you what's going on with us. If your God can't save us, if your God can't change us, our lives is gone. Can your God do anything for us? I looked him in the eye. I said, man, you're looking for Jesus. Oh, come on, somebody. There's a God that I know by the name of Jesus that's able to turn your situation around. I want you to know, church, 45 minutes later, they was getting baptized in the name of Jesus, getting filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, because God is giving you destiny-altering power. Come on, it's time to look at the world, say, look on us. Do we really believe in what we have? We've got to tell them, this is what you're looking for. And told his running partner, his partner in crime, who had moved to Fayetteville to sell drugs with him. Glory to God. And told him what God had done. When they got up to come to church that Sunday morning, God convicted the other man of his sins. He fell out on his living room floor. Hallelujah. Repenting of his sins. When he came to church, hallelujah, his heart was already prepared to receive God. And when I made the altar call, oh, come on, y'all ain't hearing me now. Uh, he was the first one at the altar receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues, getting baptized in Jesus' name. Because God is putting you and God is putting me destiny altering power through this one now come on somebody I'm talking about when the power and the name is one and the same well we got a relationship with the name of Jesus as Peter altered the destiny of the lame man we got the power to alter the destiny of our co-workers the destiny of our schoolmates the destiny of those that live in our communities Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. What are you saying to us, Brother Blandon, today? Jesus is not in the grave anymore. Uh -huh. Shared something else with us here that you already know. Neither is he just sitting up in heaven, chilling out on his throne. Come on, Holy Ghost. But Jesus is in us personally recruiting us to join him in supernatural operation, demonstration, and manifestation. In other words, Jesus wants us actively involved in every phase of his supernatural operation, especially when it comes to serving the needs of men and women and children in the natural and supernatural dimension. 
Come on, somebody. The Bible tells us in Second mean, Chronicles 16 and 9, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something else you know. Hallelujah. When people come into our churches today, they don't really want to know how beautiful the building is. They don't really want to know how beautifully we can sing and preach all they want to know is what you have able to meet me at my point of despair come on somebody they ain't got time to worry about how pretty we're looking they want to know can your god meet my need when i get to your Come on, Holy Ghost. David said in Psalms 42, 1 and 2, he said, as the, uh, uh, as the heart panted after the water brooks, so panted my soul after thee, O God. My soul panted for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? In other words, when David came to church, all he was interested in was one thing, and that was finding God. Oh, come on, Holy Ghost. He didn't care about church protocol. He didn't care about winning a popularity contest and he didn't care about wearing titles of bishop and elder and apostle. All he wanted to know is when the temple doors open, will I find the living God or will I just find a form of godliness that's denying the power thereof? Oh, is there anybody here today that all you want to do is find God? You're here not to look pretty you're here not to look cute you're not here not to wear your badge of honor but you're here looking for God you want to come in contact with the living God glory to God it was David that said one thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after he said that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple ah, that was Psalm 27 4 according to David see <coughs> You should be able to come to the house of God to get whatever it is that you need from God. Come on, Holy Ghost. When he came to church, he had one thing on his mind, and that was to behold him, and that was to get a hold of him. I wonder if there's anybody here today that all you want to do is behold him. All you want to do is get a hold of him. You're not worrying about somebody else and what they're doing on your right or on your left. You're not worrying about who's trying to reach you on your mobile device. You're not worrying about the problems that you may have to manage when you get back home this afternoon but all you're concerned about is while you're in this church service is will I behold him will I be able to have a personal encounter with him oh come on Holy Ghost I'm here to preach to somebody today you say why are you telling us this because people nowadays are tired of coming to church and all they're getting is powerless and loveless Christianity 
I know y'all ain't having that problem up here at Fort McMurray, but I want to preach to somebody out there today. Oh, come on, Holy Ghost. God wants somebody here to know today that people are tired of drama. They're tired of charades. They're tired of the promises of false hope that make God look like a fraud or some shady, shady tree mechanic that's trying to fix all of our problems at a discount price. Uh, Dr. Neil, people are tired of us uh, speaking of the name of Jesus uh, as if all you have to do uh, is wave the name of Jesus around uh, like it's a magic wand. Come on, y'all. This name is sacred. This name is holy. This name is powerful. The name of Jesus is not a magic wand. We can't just wave it around like we're playing a Walt Disney movie. Oh, come on, y'all. This ain't Disney today. This is the church. This is the church of the living God. And if we're going to see the power of God activated in our midst, then we can't be content with just speaking the name of Jesus. But we must come to the realization we must have a relationship with the name of Jesus. Uh, uh, why you say that's important? Because if we don't have a relationship with the name of Jesus, we and every other person that come through these doors will have to settle for another day at the temple begging. People hungry for God. I remember one time, one of the ladies that assist me with teaching my anger management classes was teaching another lady of another persuasion. Uh, uh, anger management class and she gave her some CDs uh, I believe it was from Dr. Jeffers and uh, she said listen to these so the lady would listen to it coming into the anger management class and I can't remember what the message was but whatever it was the Holy Ghost moved on this lady while she was driving her truck to anger management class and the Holy Ghost, Sister Neil, was trying to come on her. But the problem was she didn't believe that you need to speak with tongues when you get the Holy Ghost. So she was holding it back and fighting it off. And I so happened to be there that day over at the office. And uh, I said, let me just go over here and just speak to uh, them over there and meet this student and all this. So when I went over there, I introduced myself. And I was getting ready to leave because I didn't want to interrupt the class. The sister said to me, Pastor, she got a story she needed to tell you right now. And so she communicated to me the story that I just shared. I said to her, I said, do you know that that was the Holy Ghost? She said, I, I, I don't know. It was just strong. I said, let me tell you something. I said, do you want to go to heaven? She said, Yes. I said, can I take a few minutes to tell you how to get there? And I began to talk to her about St. John chapter 3. Amen. Then I went to Acts 2 and 38. Then I shared my personal testimony. And I said, now, do you still want to go to heaven? She said, yes. I said, do you want to receive the Holy Ghost? She said, yes. I said to the sister, I said, lay hands on her right now. God, I'm telling you, y'all, this sister laid hands on this lady. And God filled her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost right there in the middle of anger management class. 
So about this time, I said, do you want to get baptized? She said, yes, I want to get baptized. And I said, well, let's go get ready to get you baptized. The moment I said that, there was a couple that didn't go to our church that was on their way in for some marriage counseling. Glory to God. They was getting married. I was working with them. And, 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 and so I said, excuse me, there's a lady in here getting to get baptized. Can we baptize her first? And then y'all, we can do the counseling. They said, yes. And so I took the lady over to get baptized. I said, y'all, let me tell you what happened. The moment I was going to tell them what happened, the lady stood up in the baptism pool. She said, Pastor, I can testify for myself. Come on, somebody. And she began to testify to that couple how she got filled with the Holy Ghost and was now getting baptized in Jesus' name. I didn't mind because I believe you ought to tell your own testimony. See, I'm going to give God some glory for what he's done for me. Come on, y'all ain't hearing me now. Come on, somebody. God done sent some of y'all a million dollars in the bank, and y'all will never tell nobody about it. But I'm here to tell you, you ought to tell your testimony. As we, oh. So I baptized this lady. They got dressed and left, her and the other lady, uh, sister that's with us. So when we got in my office, I looked over at the couple. I said, what did y'all think about what just happened right there? They was like, whoa, we ain't never seen nothing like that. I said, do y'all want to go to heaven? <laughs> oh, y'all ain't hearing me now. I said, y'all want to go to heaven? God said, I don't even know if there is a heaven or hell. I said, well, let's just pretend. I said, heaven is the good place. Hell is the bad place. He said, I want to go to the good place. So I began to talk to them about St. John chapter 3, Acts 2 and 38. Begin to share my personal testimony. I sat there. I said, y'all still ready to go? God is my witness. This man was holding on to his chair as hard as he could. And then he said, do you ever sometimes feel like you want to do something that you're not sure you want to do, but you want to do it? And me and his fiance were like, yes. He said, I want to be baptized. Y'all got to hear me today. We serve a mighty God whose name is Jesus. baptized both of them in water in the name of Jesus. They both got filled with the Holy Ghost and that was the marriage counseling for that day because I'm here to tell you there's a mighty God whose name is one, whose name is Jesus that want to change destinies. So that evening, I had to go and get a haircut. This is another haircut story. First time, <laughs> I told the story at the uh, retreat when God filled that guy with the Holy Ghost, doctor. You know, I was going my way to pay my, 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 uh, um, my barber at the time. When I went to pay him, he said, don't even worry about it. Gave me a free haircut. Amen. <clears throat> I was on my way to a conference. Excuse me. And so, two weeks later, I went back to my barber. 
about 9 o'clock at night. This is after the lady got the Holy Ghost and anger management class. It's the same day. It's on a Tuesday. No church night. Same day that the couple got baptized, got the Holy Ghost. So I leave there, and I go get my hair cut. While I'm sitting in the chair, the barber says, me and my girlfriend having problems. Would you mind talking to us? I said, I don't mind talking. So she called. She said, what you doing? He said, I'm cutting Pastor Blandon's hair. She said to him, unbeknown to me, oh, my God, what's going to happen there now? Because <laughs> let me tell you, when the other guy got the Holy Ghost in the barbershop, she was on the back side of the building. I didn't know she was there. But while God was filling him with the Holy Ghost, he was trying to fill her with the Holy Ghost in the back office by herself. But she didn't even know what was happening to her. It was just, come on, this is how powerful this God is. God was just doing in her what he was doing in front of everybody else, but she was behind closed doors. And she told my barber about it afterwards. But what she didn't know, God had something for her. So he told her that he wanted me to talk to them. So she came over to the shop about 1030 at night. We're sitting there. Amen. Going to their little council, dealing with their little problem. When they were through, I asked her, I said, do you want to go to heaven? She said, yes. So I shared with her St. John chapter 3, shared with her Acts chapter 2, shared my testimony. I, I said, do you now still want to go to heaven? She said, yes. I said, well, God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost right now. Now, remember, we are in a beauty salon. So you know in those beauty salons, they got the sinks and everybody wash all the stuff out of your hair and all the stuff, right? This lady had her head leaned back, speaking with other tongues at 1030 at night, getting filled with the Holy Ghost in the beauty salon. And this lady, come and say, this lady got so drunk in the Holy Ghost when we was trying to put her in the car to take her to church, the lady is speaking with tongues as we taking her in the car. We get her in the car. And while we're in the car, the lady's speaking with tongues all the way to the church. It's midnight now. When I get him in the back in the, in the church, I say, now I want you to go here and get the baptismal robe. My barber stopped and looked at me and said, you might as well get two because I'm going down in the name of. Come on, y'all ain't hearing me now. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's destiny altering. Oh, with somebody here when I'm preaching today. So I baptized both of them in the name of Jesus. They both came up out of the pool speaking with other tongues. Hallelujah. When they changed their clothes... I had forgot to pay the barber on that one too. When I went to pay the barber this time, 
He stopped my hand, put my hand back in the pocket, went in his pocket, and pulled out $50 and said, I'm paying you. Come on, Ghost. First, come on, y'all to hear me. First, I got a free haircut. Then I got paid for the next haircut because somebody was able to lift up. The, oh, y'all ain't hearing me now. God wants somebody in here to know that there's a powerful name that can change you. There's a powerful name that can use you. There's a powerful name that can bless you. But you got to be willing to have a relationship with that name. Don't just speak that name. Love that name. Fall in love with that name. Interact with that name. Get involved with the name of Jesus. Oh, come on. Stand on your feet here today. God wants somebody to walk in the inherent power that Christ gives to every believer. Now, they came to Peter and John. He said, now by what name, by what power have you done this? Because we know if this much power been demonstrated at the temple, at the gate, then the name must be equally as powerful. <laughs> so we need to know about it. Because see, last time we checked, Jesus died. Last time we checked, we paid off the gods to say that some of his followers came to get him. <laughs> last time we checked, glory to God, this raising the dead and healing the sick business is supposed to be over with. <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. But see, it's something about when you have an intricate and intimate relationship with the name of Jesus. And that is you inherit the resemblances, the characteristics, the mannerisms, and the distinguishable features that identifies you as one of his children. And so the Bible says in Acts 4 and 13 that when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Oh, come on, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, Lord. In other words, brothers and sisters, they looked the apostles and said y'all resemble Jesus right, right, right. <laughs> they were saying that the same power that was explosively activated in the ministry of Jesus is the same identical power that's obviously activated in you Oh, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Can't you imagine them saying, didn't we hang him on that cross? Didn't Joseph put him in that tomb? Oh, didn't we pay the guards? Oh, I want you to know, if that is so, they said then we have witnessed with our own eyes that no matter how much we try to deny it, it just can't 
be denied. Oh, come on, Holy Ghost. But they said, but that is spread no further. Oh, come on, Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something. The devil knows he can't stop what God has already started in you. But if he can keep it from spreading by keeping your mouth shut, by keeping you from praising and worshiping God, by keeping you from having a relationship with the name of Jesus, that's all he can do. But how many know it's time that the world look at us and see that they resemble Jesus? Come on, lift our hands right now. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I wonder if there's somebody willing to walk out here right now. You're not interested in just proclaiming the name of Jesus. You're not interested in just waving it around like it's a magic wand or something. But you want a relationship with that name. Perhaps there's somebody here that have not yet received the Holy Ghost today. And you have come because this is the day that you have got to find God. You come in here with a heart like David. I'm looking for the living God. Will God feel me today? If that's you, I'm telling you, he is in here right now to fill you with the Holy Ghost. If you need healing in your body, he's here right now to bring healing. You need healing in your marriage, whatever your situation is. If you got a relationship with the name of Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Peter says, such as I have, I give it you. It's mine. It belongs to me. I have it. And because it's mine, and because I have it, I can transmit to you what, oh, come on, y'all. Come on, come on. God needs some transmitters today. He needs some people. <laughs> yes, Lord. Uh, don't misunderstand me here. But he needs some people that got a relationship with the name of Jesus beyond baptism. Come on. Because see, baptism is a birth. But after the birth, we got to have the relationship. And God wants somebody here to understand. It's time for me to get a, a wrapped around, as the young people were singing today, a wrapped around, inside out, upstairs, downstairs. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Relationship yes, Lord. with the name of Jesus. I'm tired of speaking the name of Jesus with an emptiness. I'm tired of speaking yes, the name Lord. of Jesus. Ain't nothing happening. I'm tired of speaking the name of Jesus like it's just a normal common name. Oh no. I gotta have a relationship because there's power in that name. And the power in the name is one in the same. And God wants me to be a channel by which others' destinies can be altered. Oh, why don't we come to this altar this morning? 
and renew our relationship with the name of Jesus.